Hello and welcome to the Enterprise Talk Conversation Series, a peer knowledge resource by the CXOs for the CXOs. Now to our host, Kanika Goswami. Hi, Alan. Uh, welcome to Enterprise Talk. Alan Nitoski is the CEO and founder at Funware. And we have a few questions uh, which we will uh, you know, have him comment on. So the first one is, how does a fully integrated enterprise cloud platform for mobile drive customer satisfaction and revenue? Sure. Well, thank you very much for having me today. Uh, very much pleased to be able to walk through what uh, Funware does. As you said, our enterprise cloud platform for mobile is really a means for large corporations, predominantly the Fortune 5000, uh, to be able to engage, manage, and monetize their mobile application audiences. Typically, those are on Apple, iOS, and Google Android for smartphones and tablets. Increasingly, we see them now on smart televisions, wearables, uh, and other sorts of uh, digital signage. So Funware is a lot like you would think about Amazon AWS or Google Cloud or Microsoft Azure, except we cater explicitly to the digital transformation needs as a platform for large mobile application portfolios for brands around the world. Oh, all right. I was saying that it looked like uh, you're very, very faint. <laughs> okay, can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you very, very well. Yeah. Okay. So my, the next question was, how are the end-to-end -end mobile solutions transforming the healthcare industry during these times of the pandemic? Uh, if you have a sizable uh, client base in the healthcare industry, or uh, I mean, if you, I, I'm sure you are, you have some amount of knowledge on how is it transforming the industry? Correct. Uh, so happy to walk through what we call our patient experience for healthcare systems across the country uh, and around the world. Um, the platform fund we're building launched with media and entertainment, sports properties. So CBS, NBC, Discovery, uh, the NFL, NASCAR, World Wrestling Entertainment, the Summer and Winter Olympics. A lot of large scale events were mobile originally adopted. Over time, uh, new verticals like uh, the healthcare industry and vertical uh, became very prominent. And the needs to be able to engage, manage, and monetize user bases that turned out to be patients before you got to a hospital, while you were on site, and after you leave became paramount to better patient outcomes and also for increased revenues uh, on improved scheduling for hospitals and healthcare systems. Uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, obviously everything has changed worldwide. Not only have we seen lockdowns and shutdowns by country, by state, by city, by county, uh, but increasingly from coast to coast, we've seen very different approaches to how to protect civilians and also how to protect medical administrators, staff, doctors, and nurses in order to provide care uh, for people that have been infected with the coronavirus. Uh, Funware actually has healthcare systems across the United States. Uh, we started with two of our customers within the pandemic, the tri-state area around New York, New Jersey, 
and Connecticut that were hit extremely hard. These are organizations like Mount Sinai and NYU Langone. Uh, and obviously, there was complete devastation early on with coronavirus, uh, not only in cases, but in hospitalizations, uh, the need for those hospitalized going on to ventilators, and sadly, uh, large-scale death. Uh, what we have seen, as we have learned through time, experience, and our software and platform in support of patients and healthcare clinicians around the country, uh, is that... Telemedicine, remote healthcare, remote diagnostics, and other things became extremely important to be able to not only assess the medical needs of patients and their families while remote uh, and potentially isolated, but importantly, if people had to go to the emergency room, show up at the hospitals, medical facilities, uh, they needed a way to separate the COVID patients from the non-COVID patients. And emergency care um, from a lot of the optional uh, treatments that were being done. So what we've done over time is we've taken everything that we've learned within our mobile platform. We took the learnings of what we saw happening early on in New York, and then we started extending them to the rest of our customer base to have pandemic solutions on mobile for this remote telehealth, and then even for the guidance when you show up on site. Um, we've added this capability to other customers, including Cedar sinai on the West Coast, Dignity Healthcare, uh, which is now across the country, Kaiser Permanente, Alabama Children's Hospital, Nicholas Children's Hospital, Baptist Health South Florida, and then others in the Midwest, ranging from MD Anderson, Houston Methodist, and Parkview Health. What we're expecting to see is that we will continue to leverage our software. We will help facilitate people through mobile applications to be able to check in on site, to be able to route to appointments, to improve scheduling, and to better monetize the patients uh, that are consuming medical uh, care while simultaneously protecting as best we can the rest of the country uh, from the COVID pandemic itself. Um, the ironic thing in mobile when dealing with digital transformation uh, is that as every second of every day passes, um, those are revenue opportunities for healthcare systems. Much like if you bought uh, airtime or you did not buy airtime on a radio, uh, as time passes, you've either scheduled medical care and you've actually conducted testing or appointments or, or you've missed them. And so what our software does is help facilitate getting people to the right place at the right time with the right doctor, the right nurse, the right equipment in the right facility to provide care and to provide better clinical outcomes for patients. So this was uh, uh, particularly for the healthcare industry, right? Now, can I ask you something about, and this is not a part of the questions that we, we've shared with you, uh, which industries do you think really stand to benefit from monetization of, uh, you know, mobile services? So, uh, for instance, if you're talking about retail today, and as it's becoming omni-channel, mobility is playing a very large role in shopping and, you know, payments and everything else that is to do with retail. So which industries do you think are the most uh, significant ones that can actually leverage this kind of monetization? Yeah, so I think, interestingly, we thought that digital transformation, um, especially mobile uh, transformation, 
uh, was really going to occur over probably an eight to 10 year period. Um, ironically, the COVID-19 pandemic has radically altered those timelines, and we see that happening over a matter of one to three years instead of eight to 10 years, as mobile is becoming foundational for businesses to survive. So when you talk about retailers and the shopping experiences, clearly we're seeing a winner-take-all approach with Amazon online and the online-offline combinations of companies like Target, Costco, and Walmart. And really outside of that, all of retail has been under immense pressure, including the malls and the real estate um, that actually house big box and small box retailers. Every vertical in the world needs mobile. Everyone needs digital transformation. During the pandemic, the four areas we've seen the most need, obviously healthcare as it's related to the COVID-19 pandemic, that was a big area of focus for us before the pandemic, and it's been accelerated by the pandemic. We also have seen smart city solutions for local, county, state, and federal governments who need to not only engage their constituencies, but to cater to their citizens and guests alike, and to be able to put out emergency broadcast information, to be able to keep the public informed, to be able to monitor and contact trace And we've seen huge pushes in the areas of government to solve these auditable contact tracing and to be able to stem the tide and the spread of COVID-19 at physical facilities and either other outdoor facilities as well. Uh, In parallel to government and healthcare, we've seen a resurgence of business needs and educational needs. On the business side, Everyone is focused very much on how to safely get their employees back to work. Here in the United States, on a state-by-state basis, not all lockdowns have been ended. Uh, Some have been challenged in the courts and terminated by Supreme Courts, like the examples of Pennsylvania or Michigan. And in other cases, like Florida and even here in Texas, much of the state uh, is completely open. What we've seen as a result of that is that as people are trying to get back to normalcy and get back to a normal cadence of life, we need to get people from remote, social distance and isolated in work environments back into business facilities. So we've seen a big push for enterprise corporate campus solutions to be able to engage employees, customers and partners before you arrive at the facilities, while you're at the offices and after you leave. So the entire corporate campus market has really been a huge boom. And in parallel to that, another type of campus, but an educational campus for colleges and universities, very similar to getting people safely back to work. The other thing is for kids from K through 12, all the way through colleges and universities, domestically and abroad, is we need to be able to get faculty, staff, administrators, and students back in the classroom on campus, in the dorm rooms, and again, try to get back to some semblance of normalcy so that we don't have kids getting left behind on their educational needs. So in that domain, the same type of solutions that are needed for corporations and their employee bases are what we're also seeing that colleges and universities and other school systems need for their students. Um, We always think that you're not gonna see a change really in the needs of media entertainment, sports, hospitality and travel industries. Uh, But we would say the four areas of healthcare, government, 
corporate campuses and educational campuses, they're probably in tier one of those that are most in need right now. Tier two is where we're seeing a slower evolution of reopening things. That includes hospitality. That also includes what you're seeing in media entertainment and real estate. Um, and then probably late next year is when you're going to see more of the live events behind professional sports, college sports, um, a lot of entertainment, things like concerts that we would attend or other big outdoor events at arenas and stadiums. A lot of those are still going to take time. And we really see that as probably six to nine months after we see a vaccine for COVID-19, because for the same reason it took about six to nine months to scale testing uh, across the pandemic, we think it's going to be at least six to nine months to get enough vaccinations out to the masses, much like testing, once it's available, most likely in the first quarter of next year. Right. So thank you so much for a very detailed answer. But one thing just comes to mind, and that's also extracurricular, if I may say so, is how will the uh, the advent of 5G change all of this? How much of impact do you think 5G is going to have on uh, the adoption of, 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 of mobile applications for business and monetizing them? Well, I think uh, what it really does is it helps with the ubiquity of network availability and effectively unlimited bandwidth for near instant interactions. So whether you're outdoors using GPS with longitude and latitude for triggering events within application use cases and features and the way that we think about using maps to drive or, or get around um, we use geofences around the world as a means to engage with users indoors and out on a one-to-one -one basis. A lot of mobile applications and other digital things tend to go blind when you go from outdoors to indoors. Uh, but our systems and our software and our platform were designed to enable you to seamlessly transition from outdoor GPS to indoor Wi-Fi and beacons including high and low density Wi-Fi and physical and virtual beacons so that you can get not only an X and a Y coordinate of where you're at within a facility, but a Z coordinate, because it does matter inside an office building if you're on the first floor or the 10th floor, just like if you're in a, a large industrial uh, area within cities and high rises, it matters if you're in the 100th floor of a building or the 15th floor of a building so our software has been designed to accommodate outdoor and indoor in real time. We also can handle with or without networks. 5G, as it rolls out, is going to be a transition, much like we felt like going from dial-up internet access back in the day uh, to wideband access. Um, it was a dramatic difference in the amount of content you could consume and the types of interactions you could have with users. Uh, 5G is just going to supersize that. And what we really want to see is the world's citizenry to have ubiquitous internet access in the same way they would have access to power or to sewer or to water. And it's going to be incredibly important for information sharing, education, and job and business opportunities for people to be able to tap into high-speed networks that are available wherever they go, uh, not just indoors and outdoors, but on the ground and in the air and on the land and out in the sea. Um, in the most extreme examples we've had, we've even optimized our software to be able to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act so that 
You can actually have seamless mobile application engagement between brands and consumers or between brands um, and channel partners or brands and employees. Uh, we actually solve for hearing impairment, visual impairment, and even optimize routing and engagement for people that might be confined to wheelchairs and don't have accessibility through stairs or, or other traditional means. So all of this is going to get uh, that much more um, efficient when 5G comes in. Is that what you're saying? We believe that'll be the case. I think um, true 5G is still going to take time, not only to deploy the networks, but for the devices, um, even Apple and, and others that make devices for the Google Android ecosystem. Uh, some do have 5G capabilities, some do not. And I think that's going to be time that you'll see it uh, over the next several years rolling out, not just the networks from the service providers and carriers, but then all the devices that attach to those networks. Uh, but ultimately, it's going to be unlimited bandwidth, ubiquitous access, and then a level playing field for the kind of engagements on a one-to-one -one basis uh, that people are going to expect with their favorite brands, their favorite venues, and their favorite mobile application portfolios. Right. And once that happens, mobility will actually become as uh, as essential to human life as probably power is today, I'm guessing. It would yes. seem that way. Um, I think it's important, yeah. as we've all realized, that once the uh, proverbial Internet genie is out of the bottle, uh, there's no going back. Uh, and at this point, it's a matter of bigger, faster, quicker. Give me what I want, where I want, whenever I want it. And if your brand can't do that, I'll find somebody that can. Correct. So uh, just one more question I want to ask you. The multi-screen as a service uh, is not a concept I've heard too often before. So it has enabled brands to engage, manage, and monetize anytime, anywhere users. How do you see this panning out? What trends do you see? How is adoption going to be in your opinion? And what better can be done for the customers? Yeah, and so we're now going on our 12th year uh, in existence. And when we started, we had a novel idea that we were going to reach every human being on earth with a device touching a network through their favorite brands and mobile applications that happen to run funware software. We originally started with mass, but we called it mobile as a service, as opposed to multi-screen as a service. Because when we started funware, there was only iPhones and there was only Apple iOS. As we have evolved through the last 12 years, though, we have seen the advent of Google Android, Smartphones now include tablets, wearables, smart TVs, in-car infotainment systems, and other forms of digital signage, wearable computing, quantum computing, and a bunch of other developments. So what we're seeing now is that the idea of reaching every human being on the planet um, sounded far-fetched when we started. However, almost 12 years into it, we now have over 16 billion Funware IDs, different devices that have encountered our platform that have either been using applications from their favorite brands that have our software or that are taking advantage of our cloud offerings. Could be data, could be software, could be algorithms that help optimize with artificial intelligence and machine learning. But the net of the whole platform that we've had and the ability to give people everything they need to succeed on mobile, this has been foundational to us capturing more than a petabyte of data across typically four to five billion transactions per day 
and somewhere on the order of 300 to 500,000 transactions per second. These are those one-to-one -one interaction between brands and their users on mobile around the world. Uh, all of us are very captive to our devices. When we started Funware, only 2% of the world's internet traffic was mobile. Today, that's 70%, 7-0 and growing. And of that 70%, 90% of that are native iOS and Android applications, uh, as opposed to mobile web browsers like Safari and Chrome. We believe that Funware is on a course to win the mobile era of computing. If you look at where billion dollar companies come from, historically back in the day, you saw the PC era of computing and companies like Dell and Microsoft became the winners and ended up being worth hundreds of billions of dollars. When you transitioned into the client server era of computing, you saw Oracle with its Oracle database become another multi-hundred billion dollar company dominating a field. After that, we got into internet computing and we saw Google become the multi-hundred billion dollar, now trillion dollar company that won internet search. After that, we saw social computing and we all know that we would then say immediately Facebook. And between Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and all the other assets that it has, including WhatsApp, We've now seen Facebook become worth, again, not just hundreds of billions, but trillions of dollars. So Funware, if we do this right, will be the foundation, the standard computing methodology for all mobile application portfolios for the Fortune 1000. In the same way that you've seen people standardize on Salesforce for their CRM needs or other cloud providers like Amazon AWS for their cloud computing needs, Funware will provide everything you need to succeed on mobile through the multi-screen as a service enterprise cloud platform for mobile. And we're terribly excited by the opportunity that presents us over the next decade to come. Yes, I'm sure. So uh, thank you so much, Alan. I think that was the last question that we had. Thank you so much for taking time for us. No worries. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for being with us. Please do follow us on social media for regular updates and new content.